everybody can be seated and settled in, and we're going to talk about uh, the final installment in our series of messages today about how God draws us closer to himself. Uh, before we do that, there's several things going on around here that we should probably uh, let you be aware of, and wait, I think we might have a winner for today's uh, unannounced contest of best impromptu uh, palm waving. Uh, Cheryl Trim waved a pineapple, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> with, with the palm-like leaves still attached. Cheryl, uh, you, you win today. We're going to send you a roll of toilet paper um, for that, but congratulations. You know, Jen, these are... These might have all other uses, just saying. Yeah, I mean, an emergency. So uh, this is a great time, if you have not done so recently, to update your information in our web member portal. Uh, go to our website at hopeisreal.org, click through to the member portal, log in. If you don't have a login, there's a way to request one there. And then update your information, your kids' information. Uh, we could use a few more cell phone numbers. We were trying to contact some of our college students this week for a Zoom meeting, and we didn't have very many uh, cell phone numbers for those kids. So if you can go in there and log in and look in there and add numbers, we can do a better job of staying in touch with folks uh, if that information is up to date. You do not have to be a member to have a login to the Hope Church member portal all right um, so youth group will meet tonight at six o'clock on zoom same same channel same password I do apologize I don't know how I managed to send out the wrong zoom meeting ID this morning but I did and uh, this is what happens when old guys are allowed to use technology um, but we got that corrected. Hopefully, as many of you as, as we're going to be here are here with us now. Um, but youth group will meet tonight, that same uh, Zoom ID and password. Uh, then Bible for Dummies on Tuesday night at 7. And then we have a family dynamics group discussion led by Pastor Jim Danner on Wednesday evenings at 7. That's just to help us navigate all the tension in some of our houses at, these, uh, at this time due to uh, being in tight quarters all the time uh, during this uh, time of isolation. Also, on Tuesday in the morning, those of you who have school-age children, uh, we have a, a, a church member, Susan Danner, who is a very experienced homeschooler, 20-some-odd years of homeschool experience, and she's going to lead a forum for parents who need ideas on how to not like duct tape their children to, into their closets or something. Um, but if you want some support in uh, continuing your children's education while they're home with you all the time, uh, log in Tuesday morning at 10 to our, is it going to be our same Zoom channel, Rusty? It's going to be the Hope Church Zoom channel uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m. That's kind of homeschool survival skills by Susan Danner. Um, then uh, what else do we have? 
Uh, we probably have a, another college student Zoom on Thursday night. Again, we need your help getting those pieces of information, like cell phone numbers is most helpful, uh, into, the Zoom, into the Breeze church member portal so that we can contact those students more effectively and get a little bit better attendance hopefully this week. Uh, we apologize for anybody we missed last week in our attempts to get this started, but uh, hopefully we'll have your information at more at the ready this week and be able to go from there. Um, I think that is it for announcements. Did I forget anything? I think we're good. All right. Uh, will you pray with me as we prepare our, heart for God's, our hearts for God's word this morning? God, our loving Father, we pause before you as we open your word. We pray that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to us here through your word today, that we would leave here changed as a result of meeting you uh, in your word. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us to a deeper understanding of your love and your grace for us. And Father, we pray for those people we know and love who are affected by the spread of this virus. And we just pray that you would pour out your healing mercies upon your people, that uh, at the same time you would use us as your church to shine your light and your hope into these dark times. Lord, uh, be with us as we wade through this together and be at work uh, in the hearts and lives of those whom we know and love who are sick. We pray you would pour out your healing mercies upon them. We pray for those who may have been exposed to this virus and just pray that you would uh, be at work protecting them and healing them uh, of any uh, infection. And Lord, we just pray uh, for our country in these troubling times. We pray for the world your church all over the world, that your light would shine forth through your people. We pray, as always, that you would be with our men and women in uniform, that you would watch over and protect them and bring them home safely. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way, that you would watch over and be with them and their loved ones as they are apart and guide them back to us healthy and whole. We pray for those who've returned from the theater of war, changed as a result of their service to our country and we just pray your healing upon their minds bodies and souls and we ask that you would make us your church uh, a vital part of that healing and recovering process lord we lift up our sister church in cuba uh, we think of them as they are not allowed to meet at all uh, and we just pray that you would use this time to grow each member of that church closer to yourself and create a thirst within the Cuban people for your word, for your gospel, for the love of your son, Jesus Christ, and use our sister church and their related churches there uh, to reach out with your love and grace in these dark and, and hurting times. Lord, we just pray you would be with us now as we open your word and guide us through uh, what you want us to know about being a part of your family. All these things we ask in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. All right, so we are in a series of messages uh, through the subject of the ways that God teaches us in his word as to how we can be drawn closer to him. We have looked at uh, the role of his word in our lives, the ways in which God draws us closer to himself through his word. 
We have looked at the activities, the sacraments of communion and baptism and, and how those sacraments draw us closer to the heart of God. We've looked at the activity of prayer and how prayer engages us and draws us closer to the heart of God. And today we're going to look at the truth of being part of God's family, being part of his church, the gathering of his people on earth and the ways in which that draws us closer uh, to the heart of God. And of course, the incredible irony is that as, as I speak these words to you, we are all separated uh, by uh, our geography, by virtue of this time of isolation. And yet, we are all very well connected through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in each of our hearts, through our uh, common understanding of God's grace through Jesus Christ, through the will of God the Father. And so I want us to look at those components in, in this message uh, from Scripture that talk about uh, what it means to be drawn together as God's people, what it means for us and what it calls out of us. And so I'll begin uh, with a passage uh, from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a very troubled church that doesn't really understand what it means to be Christian yet. They're a very young church. It's very early in the life of the spread of the gospel. And Paul is writing to this church to let them know what it's all about. And in his opening uh, words, he, he, says, uh, the, he says this in verse 2 of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. There's a really interesting uh, combination of ideas that Paul puts into this one verse. This idea that, that the people of God in Corinth are part of the church, the gathering of God in Corinth, but that they're also part of a gathering of people that God is pulling towards himself, drawing to himself throughout the world. So the first place I would like us to start in this journey of understanding what it means to be part of God's church is to start with the call to know our place, to know where we are and what we are a part of. Those two aspects that are referred to here of the local church and the global church, the church that we are part of in a, on a daily or regular basis, and the church that we are part of cosmically, the gathering of God's people, not just all over the planet, but throughout time. You are part of an eternal family that has no end. So to know your place means to be an active part of God's family here, where we are, wherever we are. And it means to be an active part of God's family everywhere. This is one of the reasons that we have a sister church to sort of demonstrate that we're not an island, 
that we are part of a much bigger movement of the Holy Spirit across this globe. But it's even bigger than that. We are connected to people throughout time, in the past and in the future, who will come to know God's love through the saving work of Jesus Christ. These are the people that God has gathered together in his name, and we are a part of that. So let's jump to First Peter. This is another letter written by the apostle Peter this time. Uh, and we're going to go to chapter 2, and I'm just going to read verses 4 and 5. It says this, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are not only to know our place, that we are part of God's family here in a local sense and globally and universally in a, in a cosmic sense, but we're also to know our purpose. God's building a living house for himself in which he dwells. In the Old Testament, the idea was that the presence of God resided in the temple in Jerusalem or in the tabernacle as it traveled around in the wilderness and throughout Canaan. The New Testament has a different understanding or an expanded understanding that God is present. His temple is being built out of individual stones that are living and breathing members of his cosmic eternal family. You are a block in the house of God. He lives there. He lives in your heart. He lives in that connection that you have to those around you. We are his dwelling place on earth. God is building a living house, and you are an important part of that temple that he is building to reside in here on this earth. We are to be part of building God's living house, and we are to bring God eternal glory. The purpose of this building is to glorify God. That we look at our lives not in terms of what satisfies ourselves, but in terms of what will glorify God. This is a significant change in the way most humans think about the world. Uh, we tend to think of it in terms of ourselves, our own families, our own countries, our own people groups. And God says, no, I want you all to think about one purpose, what gives glory to your creator, what builds the increasing presence of your God here on earth. Those are the things that God cares about the most, and he wants us to define the purpose of our lives by what builds up his temple here on earth and brings him glory. So, let me jump to 1 Timothy. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a younger pastor who's trying to kind of figure out the ropes. And Paul has explained to him uh, how to govern the church with deacons and elders and how he wants people to conduct themselves in the church. And now Paul is going back and explaining again to Timothy why he's saying what he is. 
And I'm going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. God's people are to know their place, they're to know their purpose, and we are to know our strength. This is a really substantial truth that is explained here in this passage. Paul is telling this young pastor what the church is, what its power is, what its purpose is, etc. And in so explaining, he says to Timothy, the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Uh, I've chosen this morning to uh, read passages out of a translation of the Bible called the NIV because I think it gives the strongest rendering of this particular verse in 1 Timothy. And uh, we normally read out of an uh, English Standard Version, the ESV, but this morning I thought this was a much stronger and better translation, and so we just I did everything out of the NIV today just to be consistent. But... Um, what a statement. Uh, the first time I was asked this question was at a, a, a gathering of pastors, and somebody got up and said, what is the pillar and foundation of the truth? Nobody got the question right. People raised their hand, the word of God, Jesus Christ. No one said the church. Think about that. It's all one thing. Jesus is the living word of God. We are the living body of Christ. Therefore, we as the church, the living body of Christ, his physical presence on earth, are the pillar and foundation of the truth. We are a part of of that substantial claim in Scripture in terms of who we are. That is our strength, that we are connected to him and to each other, to his eternal word, that we are one with God in those senses. We are called together to support the truth, to be the, the repository on this planet where God's truth is upheld. This is our strength the truth that is found in his word, the truth that is found in his son, the truth that is found in his church as God inhabits us by his Holy Spirit to be his presence on earth. We are to support the truth and we are to believe the mystery. This is an interesting juxtaposition that Paul makes in this passage between truth and mystery I think the best analogy is probably my marriage. I love my wife. I know my wife. 
I know things that are true about my wife, and yet there is still mystery there. Things I have not figured out yet, things I may not figure out until I am in glory. But nonetheless, this combination of truth and mystery that we are called into as God's people, that we believe in something that transcends what we can know in this world. And so, we're to know our place, we're to know our purpose, we're to know our strength, the strength of being part of God's truth on earth and being swept up into the mystery of his love. And then I want to take us to Matthew chapter 5, to a passage that is probably familiar uh, to all of you. Um, Some of the founding members of Hope Church opened a cafe many years ago, and they hosted our very first uh, gatherings of Hope Church in the Lighthouse Cafe. This was their theme verse. They wanted their uh, ministry as a, as a restaurant to be a light to the world. And uh, it's just a great passage and brings back lots of good memories for me. Um, but here we are from Matthew uh, chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We, as God's people, are to shine his light The darker the world, the brighter the light will be. This is a good time to be the church, to have each other, to have a a sense of place, a sense of purpose, and a sense of power, to be able to be a, a beacon of hope to those around us. You are how God shows hope to the world. I don't think I'm saying this too strongly. You and I, and really us, inhabited by the presence of the Holy Spirit, claimed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are the hope of the world. Not because we're special, not because we're smarter than anyone else, but simply because God has chosen to work in us and through us to extend his hope to the world. You are how his hope is seen, and you are how his love is spread. You are the way that God spreads his love throughout this world. I often accuse God of, of, of having bad tactics. I'm not always a loving guy. Most of us are fallen Well, all of us are fallen and sinful human beings. We're selfish. And yet, God in his infinite grace has chosen to work through us to shine his light, to spread his love, to extend his hope. You, as the church, are the hope of the world. So shine God's light. And then we want to, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4, 
I'm going to read verses 2 through 6, where it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Again, a very powerful statement that we are one with God and all that he is, that he has called us, drawn us to himself and called us to be together in his name. We are to be a people who pursue unity. Perhaps the hardest thing to accomplish among human beings is lasting unity. Our basis for that unity is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is at the foot of that cross that I realize I'm no better than any other human being. I'm no different. I'm, I'm just a fallen servant of the one who saved me. And so there we find a basis, not just for equality, but for unity, for coming together against our own desires and inclinations into the will and love of God. Unity begins with humility, patience, love, and peace, we are taught here. And unity moves as one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You are part of one giant eternal family the physical presence of God on earth that's who we are we are filled with his spirit we're called to extend his hope we operate under his authority we place our faith our one faith in his saving work on the cross we are marked by our one baptism held together by the one true God who is father of all over everything, present everywhere, sustaining and guiding his people out of darkness into his glorious light. You are part of that. And you are called into unity to seek something higher and greater than yourself that is to be part of God's eternal family. I want to conclude with uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 19 through 25. These are the words. The, the, the very end of this passage has some famous words, but I love the lead-in as well, and plus I'm a context guy, so I can't just read just one verse very easily, although I've done that here today. Um, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart 
in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We, as God's people, are to stay connected. Um, and of course, your high-tech redneck pastor sent out the wrong link this morning. But I'm not the first person to have trouble with the Zoom interface. Pebby, can you pull up the slide of the new Last Supper? Is that something you can reach from there? Okay, take your time. Um, there it is. Yeah, I'm not alone. I'm in good company. All right, that's, that's all I got. That's, I have no commentary there. Um, but we are to stay connected in spite of your pastors stumbling through uh, this technology we're trying to use to do that. In that connection, we are to be confident both in God's grace and in his faithfulness. I absolutely love the portion of this passage that talks about God's faithfulness. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We are secure as members of God's family. No one can take that away from you. Have confidence in his grace and in his faithfulness to complete what he has started. Be committed to building up God's people, to spurring one another on to love and good deeds. I have a suggestion. Um, pastor Miguel is the pastor of our sister church in central Cuba. He just spent, oh, seven or eight days in a in a Cuban isolation quarantine facility because he was exposed to COVID-19 when he was playing chess a couple weeks ago. And he did about a week of home isolation and then he did a week in a government facility. Um, and he just got home Friday, I think, Friday night from that. And he's got two more weeks of home isolation along with his entire family. The church in Cuba has been prohibited from meeting at all, and of course they have no technology to fall back on as we do. And Tatiana, Miguel's wife, the, the pastor's wife at our sister church, called me yesterday through a thing called WhatsApp. I don't really understand it, but I have it on my phone now. And um, she said, you know, how are you doing? What are y'all doing? And I said, we're not, we're not meeting in in person anymore we're meeting by internet she's like yeah we can't do that so every day at three o'clock we all agree to stop and pray 
And so I'm going to extend that challenge to all of us that every day of the week, throughout this time of isolation, that we stop at 3 o'clock and we say a prayer. We pray for our sister church. We pray for our church. We pray for the people we know, the people we love. And I want you to do something during that prayer. I want you to listen. And I, I get it. I'm not, I don't do well at listening to the Holy Spirit. I generally just pray and just keep working my way like a bull through a china shop through my prayer list. But I want you to listen. And I want you to listen for the names of people that God puts on your heart while you're praying. And then I want you to reach out to them. I want you to stay connected. I want you to send them a text, give them a call. Unless they're under like 25 years of age, then phone calls just really upset them. I don't know what that's all about. But um, I want you to stay connected. So we're going to connect with our sister church every day at 3. We're going to pray. We're going to let God bring people to mind. And we're going to reach out to those people in practical ways. Um, I've been very blessed as this whole insanity has unfolded, uh, the Hope Church deacons have done a phenomenal job of contacting people in our church to make sure that they're okay, that if they need groceries, if they have school-aged kids and they have problems, this is one of the ways that the, the, the Zoom with Susan Danner on Tuesday morning came up um, was just, we need help. We all need help. And so... We're trying to figure out ways to provide that support during this time. But don't forget that you are a vital and active part of that solution. Pray, listen, reach out. Let's get through this together. Will you join me in prayer? God, our Father, we thank you for the ways in which you draw us together as your family, as a part of of your physical presence on earth as you build a temple out of broken but living stones that we might be a part of your family with a sense of purpose and place and power and that we might shine the light of your love into this dark and hurting world that we might know who we are and how we can minister to each other and to those around us. We lift up our sister church in Kamahuani, Cuba. We pray that you would pour out your spirit in that community, that you would hold them close to your heart as they are separated and isolated during this time. We pray for your church all over the world, where our brothers and sisters in Christ are struggling and hurting and isolated and alone. Will you please remind them that they are part of your giant family here on earth and that there is purpose and meaning there. Lord, use us to shine your light, to show your love, to be your hands and feet in this world. We pray all these things as we give you thanks for being part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.